You guys ready to jump right in to Vision Sunday? I'm so excited. Uh, to give you guys just a little bit of, of background, uh, Breakthrough actually started six years ago in a basement of a house. And uh, our church started, uh, a bunch of college students, we just had this wild hunger uh, to see people encounter God's spirit, uh, to see people set on fire for Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. Um, at that time, you know, I came from a background where I grew up Presbyterian, right? So if you know Baptist, it's like a layer below Baptist in expression. And I uh, pretty much encountered the Lord in my bedroom. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to Jesus than I realized. It's like, I need to tell people about this. So we started this house church. We met in this basement for a few years. We outgrew this basement. We moved to an attic. We outgrew the attic. And then we moved to a building downtown called the Glass House, if you guys know that, what, what that is. We moved there for a season. We moved to another church, moved to another church, and then we arrived here a year ago. And uh, it's just been a beautiful journey of the Lord's faithfulness, right? When you really do give the Lord your loaves and fishes, he multiplies it. When you give the Lord uh, simple obedience, right, he'll change history. And uh, this community has just been a testament of like, man, there's literally nothing that qualifies us to do what we're doing except for the Lord. And uh, that's what it's going to continue to be, and that's what I'm excited for this next season of where we're heading as a church. But let's start here in Proverbs 29, verse 18, right, which says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And I love that verse because we use that verse a lot, right? Without vision, man perishes, or without vision, man casts off restraint. But I love the, the, the context says without prophetic vision, <laughs> without actually having a vision from the Lord, not just a vision for yourself and for your life, but actually without vision from the Lord, people cast off restraint. People don't know where to go. People don't know what to do. And so the importance of vision is so crucial for our lives to actually go where the Lord is taking us. Uh, that without vision, we don't know where we're going as a people. I don't know if you guys know this, but the word division, right, means two visions. Die is two, right, visions. So Division, when you see division, it's because there's two visions. There's different visions going on. Does that make sense? And so unity happens is when God's people come under the same vision and to build towards the same thing that he's building. So that's my heart this morning is that we would come in unity around the vision of what God is building uh, in our church. And so to give you guys an overview that our vision, right, where we're going is built on our core foundation, our mission, and our values. And that's what we're going to cover this morning is our core foundation our mission, and our values. So our core foundation as a church is that Jesus is at the head. Can you say Jesus is at the head? Jesus is at the head. Uh, Micah 2.13, this is kind of our our life verse as a community. Uh, It's one of the actually few verses, I think there's only two verses in scripture that mention the word breakthrough. But this is a, a prophecy from the prophet Micah speaking about the Messiah, and he says this, the one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. So this is what our foundation as a church is that Jesus is at the head, right? Uh, a Colossians says that, that he is also the head of the body, the church. So we're saying that as a church, we are a body that is in full submission to the head. We're a body who is in full submission to Jesus. That wherever he goes, we go. <laughs> that whatever he desires, we desire. Whatever his will is, is our will. And I think oftentimes it's very easy to build a church around what we want to build. <laughs> 
It's very easy to build church around what, what our preferences are. There's, there's things in Breakthrough, man, that I'm like, man, I wish this, we could do this different. This would be a lot easier to do this this one way. But I know that the Lord has given us a prophetic vision, a specific vision of where we are going. And that all is built on the foundation that Jesus is at the head. Jesus is the one who's building his church, right? Uh, Jesus says in Matthew that upon this rock, I will build my what? My church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That Jesus is the one who's ultimately building his church. And so as a community, we're going to follow Jesus. And we say that. We say, I'm going to follow Jesus. But to actually follow Jesus, it means going where he's going. <laughs> and oftentimes, Jesus takes us places that we don't want to go, right? To serve in areas we don't want to serve. To reach people that we don't want to reach. But Jesus says, if I'm at the head where I'm going, you're going to go if you're actually following me. And so our church has, has, has matured because we've been stretched, right? We've been stretched in a lot of seasons. We've, we've had to do kids' ministry in tents. Do you guys remember that season? Yeah, it was rough. We had, like, fans. All the kids' faces were, like, red and sweating. It's like, borderline child abuse. But uh, amazing family still stuck with us. And, uh, but we had to do things just because this is what we have to do to, to follow where God is taking us, and it may not be easy. And Psalm 127, verse 1, I love this, this psalm. It says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord is the one who is building it, then everything that we're doing is just pointless. <laughs> right? We look at the, the contrast of the Tower of Babel, that man tried to build their own tower, their own structure, their own uh, uh, city, so to speak. But ultimately, if we're going to actually go where God wants to go, he has to be the one who's building it, not us. So unless he builds, those who labor, labor in vain. But the beautiful thing is that we get to co-labor. <laughs> that if he is the one who is building, then we get to come under him and say, okay, Jesus, then we have a part to play. That there is a piece for every single one of you to play in building his church, right? His church is the expression of his kingdom being expanded on the earth. And so it doesn't matter who you are, how old, how young, how unqualified, how qualified, how much degrees, how small degrees you have. Every single, single one of you has a part to play in building his church under submission to Jesus. Amen? All right. So he is building his house. Jesus holds the blueprints, right? He's building his church, and we get to build with him. So what kind of house are we building with him? What kind of house are we building with him. This goes into our core mission, which is to be a house for his presence. Say, be a house for his presence. But this is our core mission as a church, guys, that the church first exists for him. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but the church, the body first exists for him. There's a reason that we're called the bride. Jesus isn't coming back for an organization. He's not coming back for a structure. He's coming back for a bride that's in love with him. And so when we say every time we gather, we're fulfilling the greatest commandment in the world, which is to love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, with all your soul, with all of your strength. So we say that our church is first exists for him. Does that make sense? That we are a house for its presence. And I think we, we've, we're in a day and age, right? We've seen I think COVID-19 was like a big like warning sign for the church. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where it really filtered out who actually believes what Jesus believes and who actually doesn't believe what Jesus believes but calls themselves a Christian. 
I think we're living in a day where the earth is hungry for the real thing. <laughs> that doing the Christian deeds aren't enough, just doing good works aren't enough, just living outwardly like a good person isn't enough, singing just songs about God isn't enough, that there is a generation, guys, that is hungry for the real thing. And so when we talk about the presence of God, the presence of God is God. <laughs> the presence of Jesus is actually Jesus. And so when we gather around the presence of Jesus, we're not gathering around a concept of God, a philosophical idea of God, a, a future revelation of God. We're gathering around the actual person of Jesus. And this is what I believe the generation that we're in is hungry for. That they're hungry for the real thing. They're, they're hungry to actually know God personally. And so we're saying as a church, this is what our house is built that we are going to be a house that says our first thing is his presence. Our first thing is the real thing. Our first thing is him and him alone. This is really profound when you think about it. But God's ultimate, ultimate longing, okay, from Genesis to Revelation, God's ultimate longing is to simply dwell with man. Yeah. Let's let that just sink in for a second. In Genesis... In the tabernacle, in God with us, in Revelation, God's ultimately, ultimate longing is to simply dwell with man. We see this in Revelation 21, verse 3. It says this, I heard a loud shout from the throne. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And so we want to say that as a church, we want to be the response to his ultimate longing. <laughs> We want to be the answer to his ultimate longing. That you say, Jesus, your, your plan of redemption is all leading to the point of us being in your presence, being back in the garden, and you being back with us. And we're saying, yes, Lord, we will not forsake the first thing. That yes, Lord, we'll say your, your ultimate longing, let us be the answer. <laughs> let our church, let our community, let the way that we live our lives, let the way that we do family, the culture that we're stirring and cultivating in this space is all to fulfill his ultimate longing. How powerful is that? And so what does it look like then to be a house for his presence? It means to build a culture and a people whose primary ministry is to love the Lord, okay? His primary ministry is to love the Lord. I've seen in, in all the journey of, of, of planning churches and planning our church and being in different churches, you know, we, we go to church, right? We have this structure of we sing a song's we have a message, maybe end in a song, we leave, we go, we do our thing. And I think it's so interesting that the one part of service that's actually for God, we cut it short. <laughs> like a good message honors God 100%. He's honored when truth is revealed. But the one thing that is actually to him, <laughs> the one part of the service that is actually unto him is the one that we think is the appetizer. <laughs> it's the one thing that we cut short. We're like, okay, we just need to get to the message right? We need, to, we need to get truth, which is so important. We value scripture. We value truth. We do all things in spirit and truth. But the one thing that's actually for him is the one thing that we cut off. So as a church, right, we're a worshiping community. We're a community that says, man, we're going to worship and respond to Jesus's presence. That when we see in Revelation, because we, we, we live our lives as worship 100%. Like our lives are a living sacrifice. But who knows that out of the overflow of your mouth, the heart speaks. So what is in your heart is going to spill out. 
And what is not spilling out is not in your heart. And so we even see in, in Revelation, we see in, in David's tabernacle, we see when, when corporate worship is instituted, it isn't just a tradition. Like we think that singing songs and worship is, is just like a, a thing we do because it's, it's like a good way to like honor God. But worship is simply the overflow of what's in your heart. <laughs> so when we add some good music in the background, man, we can actually respond fully and to bless him and to love his heart, to minister him, to minister to him, right? Jesus says the greatest commandment is to simply love him. And the second is second for a reason because it's only in loving him that we can actually love others well. I've noticed, right, you guys may have been in worship services or environments where, where, man, you're just stirred in faith, you're worshiping the Lord, you're in connection, you're loving him, and you're just stirred, and you're like, man, I need to love people. Like, I need to, I need to go in the streets and tell people about Jesus because your love for one another is an overflow of your love from him and to him. And so I've seen, even just in our journey, and a lot of you guys can attest to that, it's in the place of worship, it's in the place of stewarding an environment that says our first ministry is to the Lord, that when people come into those environments, they might not have the theology, they may not understand the theology, but they get encountered with the presence, and then they say, I want to know who this person is. That worship isn't just singing songs, it's, it's evangelism, <laughs> That C.S. Lewis, he says this, that it's in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. I love that. Obviously, it's not the only way. One of the main ways that we can experience God's presence is through the place of worship. I said this earlier, that worship is not the appetizer, it's the main course. (laughs) Worship's the point. There's a quote that says, the reason missions exist is because worship doesn't. That in Revelation, we see every tribe and tongue is worshiping. That worship is the end goal, guys. To see a people whose primary love and focus is him. You guys good? All right. So our last thing is our core values, which is presence, family, mission. Say presence, family, mission. So we talked about our core foundation, our core mission, right, to be a house for his presence, and then these are our core values. These are the pillars, right, of our church. So like I mentioned, the first is presence. That presence is where we live out our primary call, which is to love God and to dwell with him forever. Uh, to give you guys a quick definition of the presence of God, it can be condensed in this two words, relational nearness, okay, right? Who's ever been in a long-distance relationship before? Raise your hand. Keep your, okay, keep your hand up. Who's still in that relationship? All right, yeah. <laughs> Some of the majority of us aren't because there's something different about actually being in someone's presence. And I think we've created an environment where we love God from a distance. We love God, right, in a long-distance relationship. That's what Israel tried to do. They said, Moses, you go up to the mountain, right? You be, you be our microphone. You communicate for us. We'll stand back. But when we say, man, our, our, our church is built on his presence, we say we want to actually have relational nearness with Jesus. Because when you love someone in that place, it's different than loving someone from a distance. That we talk 
a lot about God's presence being inescapable and that he is everywhere present, but scripture is more concerned with his presence being made manifest in relationship and redemption. So the second thing is family, that we believe that family is the context in which God will bring true revival to the earth. That's in this place that we love and equip one another to be transformed into his likeness. Oh, it's interesting. The first effect of the fall, you guys, is the dismantling of family. <laughs> we see Adam and Eve, their, their covenant, their marriage is skewed. Then we see it bleed into their kids, Cain and Abel. You know how that turned out. So we see that the first result of the fall is the dismantling, the distortion of family. The enemy's smart. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so if that was the first effect, then that's the first thing that needs to be restored. <laughs> That if, if the dismantling of family has that much of effect to release sin into all the earth, then how much more is the restoration of family going to see restoration on the earth? And so we see this in Acts chapter 2, right? We know Pentecost happened. Peter preached. 3,000 people got saved, right? An outpouring of the Spirit. It was a revival meeting. It was crazy. You guys know that story? But what, what is actually even more crazier, the revival wasn't the altar call. It's what happened afterwards. You guys remember what happens afterwards? It's the birth of the church. It says that daily they gathered. Daily they broke bread. Daily they worshiped together. Daily they gave all of their needs to one another. That is the fruit of revival, guys. That the outpouring of the Spirit is always unto something. It's always to see restoration and sustainability happen, right, in the church. So our second, right, core value is family. And our third and last one is mission. Mission is what we do from our city to the nations to further the name of Jesus and the message of the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, that our mission is his mission. Say, our mission is his mission. Our mission is his mission. That Jesus' mission was to bring the kingdom on earth. He said that he came to preach, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And guys, that the gospel of the kingdom isn't just about where you're going to go in the future, but it's about experiencing full freedom here and now under his rule and reign. Right? Who knows, under his rule and reign, we experience true freedom and deliverance. And so as followers of Jesus, guys, that we are called to see his presence expand on the earth. And that happens as people receive salvation, as people get healed, as people get delivered. And so our three core values is presence, family, and mission. All right. You guys ready for where we're going as a church? All right. So where we are going as a church in the next 12 months, I know we're like kind of halfway done with this year, but the next 12 months... Uh, there's four key things that we are uh, believing for and visioning for uh, this next year. The first thing is to grow breakthrough homes. Who's, who goes to a breakthrough home in the room? Okay, we love our breakthrough homes. Uh, currently, 15 to 20% of our church is plugged into community. And so our desire for the next 12 months, the next year, is to see 40% of our church plugged into community, right? That if... Family is the key to seeing restoration on the earth, and we need to see our community not just come on a Sunday, but to actually live and do life together with one another. Guys, that life is too hard to do it by yourself. We need brothers and sisters. We need mothers and fathers. 
Come on. We need people speaking life. We need people keeping us accountable. We need people to disciple us. So that happens in the place of community, specifically in Breakthrough Homes. And so the next 12 months, we want to see 40% of our church getting plugged in. We want to see more home group leaders raised up into that. Uh, The second thing that we're uh, pressing in for the next 12 months is to step into outreach. Come on. Uh, That we want what happens in here to overflow into our community and to overflow into the world. Uh, That we want to step into local and global serving and missional opportunities. That this is uh, a part of our DNA that we're going to intentionally step more into this year. The third one is to expand our prayer rooms. Come on, we uh, saw our prayer rooms a couple months ago. We meet every Saturday morning. We just have a, an hour, hour and a half long prayer set to just love on Jesus, to connect with him, right? To, to gain the oil of intimacy if you're here last Sunday. So we do that every Saturday. Uh, our goal is to grow and to see more prayer sets throughout the week, more than just one. Uh, and that's kind of what we want to build on. We want our primary call to be to him, to steward an environment where that is happening. All right, you guys ready for the last one? The last one is to build towards getting our own space. All right, so um, as you guys know, we've moved here a year ago. It's been a huge blessing. If you go to second service, it's like a whole other church. Uh, Second service is like a revival meeting. People are on the floors. It's usually really packed. So our church is already at 80% capacity in this space. Um, And so we need to start preparing and getting ready for what is next. You know, one of the things that is, is hard, right, because obviously we're meeting in someone else's space, we're paying, we have a contract, is time limitations for service. You guys only get like an hour of service. So that's one of the hardest things is having time limitations, not being able to continue ministry time, right? Do you guys like more longer worship time to connect with the Lord? So this is what we're going towards, building towards in this next 12 months, uh, is to taking the steps to start getting our own space, Uh, to continue establishing what God is doing. Um, Our desire, again, is to be able to gather without limitations or time to not rush what God is doing, uh, to make more space for ministry, that ultimately our heart is to see more lives touched and encountered by Jesus. All right. So this is where we're going to end. I want to practically invite you guys to partner with us. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says this, that all the believers were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. So like I mentioned earlier, right, division is two visions. It's the, the splitting of visions, but unity comes when we all come under the same vision. And who knows that when there's unity, what overflows is generosity. <laughs> and we see that in the Acts church. And so this year, guys, we see that the church, okay, even our church was birthed through a supernatural move of God. We see in the Acts, the church was birthed through a supernatural move of God, but the church was built through people's generosity. <laughs> so God birthed the church, but we see that the, the apostles and the people are part of the church gave all that they had to see the church grow and built. And who knows With more territory comes more responsibility, and more responsibility requires more resources. So we want to invite you guys to see the vision of what God is doing in this space grow and expand. Um, 
You know, if you guys have your vision cards, you guys can take them out. And I want to explain what these are for, why we're doing this, right? We don't do this every Sunday. We're not like every Sunday trying to get money from you guys. Uh, but we want to give you guys a practical way to partner. Like we believe what God is doing here, that our church has, has gone to this point because of people's generosity. And so if you've been a part of Breakthrough. Thank you for your generosity over the past few years. And so where we are headed as a church, our main practical need is an increase in giving. And we want to invite you guys to be a part of building what God is doing in this place through committing to consistent giving. And uh, to show you guys what our needs are and what, what this, this giving is actually going towards uh, is four specific things. I think we have them up there. But the first is budgets for our teams. Uh, none of our teams have budgets. And so we need budgets for our teams. The second is uh, finances to go towards local outreach and global missions. Uh, we have Friends who actually were a part of Breakthrough, who are on the mission field, who are serving in the 1040 window, or reaching unreached people groups, that we want to be able to support them financially as a church. Uh, the third thing is to financially support our staff, okay? All of our staff works full-time 40 hours. And uh, there's just so much capacity that our leadership team can give when they're having to work full-time. So we want to be able to create space to support our staff so that our staff can actually give and serve out of overflow. And the last thing, like I mentioned, is savings towards our own building, okay? And uh, I know there's a lot of college students that attend Breakthrough, but I want to break down how powerful unity is and how powerful generosity is, Okay. This isn't a specific number, but to show you guys just the simplicity of this, that our church on average on a full Sunday, we have uh, around 250 people attend on a Sunday. And if every single person only gave $10 a week, okay, which is $40 a month, which is not a lot of money, we would bring in $10,000 a month. This is a lot of money to be able to fulfill all of those financial goals. So this isn't to, to put a number in your head, but this is to show you the simplicity and power of generosity and unity and how as we come together, we can see what God is building uh, happen in our space, in our city. So I'm just going to have someone of keys come up, and I want to pray.